Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Aesthetics of Leadership podcast show. I am your host, Edwin Adams, and, you know, the night that I'm recording this is the night before Thursday, so everybody who follows me knows what Thursday means. It's actually Thor's Day, Superhero Appreciation Day, and, you know, I always knew that superheroes walk among us, and that's exactly who's on the show today. Justice Branson, thank you for being on the Aesthetics of Leadership podcast, sir. Well, thank you, sir, for having me. It's, uh, it's an absolute honor to, you know, be afforded the opportunity to do something like this. So thank you for having me here. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm so curious to have you on the show because we don't know each other that well, but we run in some of the same circles. But what, what I know of you speaks to the personification of leadership, transformation, grit, courage, and strength. And those are, those are things I think we all seek yet don't know how to mix those into a recipe of success. And uh, I, I'm just privileged to have someone of your caliber on this show to take us through that kind of story. And I know you've got a good story. Why don't you spend a few minutes telling us about, about you and what brought you to this point in your professional career in the U.S. Marine Corps? Absolutely, yes, sir. So um, the outlook of the military really started sticking out to me when I was a really young kid. I saw my older brother, my oldest brother, Jonathan, graduate from basic training in the Air Force. Um, and ever since that day, I was really young. I've always been uh, very interested in the military, just due to the fact of, you know, it's, it's something so much greater than oneself. And, um, you know, from that day on, I knew I wanted to be in the military. And, and all, you know, all through high school, I was the Air Force, you know, up, down, left, and right. That's the path that I was going. And um, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't considered the popular kid in high school. I wouldn't say um, I, I was, you know, homeschooled my whole life. And I grew up uh, in a big family. And I was really the first kid uh, in my family, I'm the youngest, to go to an actual high school, which was Neville High School in Monroe, Louisiana. And um, that was kind of a culture shock for me. So I, I really wasn't the popular kid. And I really did to, you know, have a, a whole bunch of friends. Nobody really knew who I was. Um, and, you know, I was, I was really wanting to be a part of something, you know, that was something that I avoided in life. I think I wanted to be a part of something. I wanted to be a part of a team. I wanted to be a part of a brotherhood. Um, and, and that kind of made me really gung ho. Uh, and my brother Jonathan sat down with me uh, one night whenever I was, you know, the of age, about 17, start looking into the military and being able to do that paperwork process and start that journey. And he said, you know what, you know, little brother, I think that, um, I think you, you don't really think the Air Force is what it is. I think you're a little too gung-ho for it, to be honest. And he said, nothing against the Air Force at all. Um, he said, he said, I just see more in you, man. I think that you you would be unhappy if you were to go that route. He's like, you know, there's nothing bad about the Air Force, nothing bad about the Army or the Navy or any, any other branch. It's, it's I, I just think that you would fit better somewhere else, and I don't want you to be upset. Um, so I started, you know, weighing my options, and, you know, that led me to the Marine recruiter. And it, I, I wasn't easy to get, and they, uh, they, they, they worked with me regardless of, you know, what, what branch I joined. They helped me, you know, and guided me. And I was like, you know what, this is something that I want to be a part of. And, and that's what really kind of put me to make that decision. And I was in what they call the delayed entry program for 365 days, which is about as long as you can uh, be in that program before shipping to boot camp. Uh, it was like the last day. I mean, you can get a 45-day waiver up to 410. <clears throat> but um, my recruiters were really my, my first mentors in, uh, you know, my – my beginning, I guess, uh, the foundation of really how I, you know, progressed so much. And, and they were not easy on me. And, you know, I, I knew they were different than most recruiters. You know, they're, they were very, very good at what they did. Not just, you know, selling the Marine Corps is, is being a picture of the Marine Corps um, that people want to be a part of, right? You, you don't sell the, the, the Marine Corps, you, you sell the lifestyle. And, and you, you show individuals how that, you know, you educate, motivate, and um, inspire individuals how, you know, that can change your life. Um, and that's exactly what they did for me. And, and, you know, they prepared me well, and, and I wanted to go be the best. You know, at that point, there was a lot of discouragers and, you know, naysayers in my life, uh, just as everybody has in their life. Um, 
and 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 you know they they all they always brought me down rather than building me up and i was like you know what i'm gonna prove these people wrong so i shipped to recruit training august 4th of 2014. Um, i was in third battalion kilo company uh, platoon 3085 and um you know, instantly in the airport that day, I met some great people. And um, I'll never forget my drill instructors. Um, they were, it was at the time, Staff Sergeant Best, now Gunnery Sergeant Best, who's still in, I maintain very good communication with. Um, Sergeant Albert, Staff Sergeant Urbina, and Staff Sergeant Singleton. And those four individuals were some of the most outstanding Marines that I've ever met. Um, more importantly, my senior drill instructor now, uh, at the time, staffs aren't best. He was just the epitome of a, of a Marine. You know, he, he looked the part, he acted the part, um, and, you know, he exemplified what leadership is. And um, we maintain a great relationship to this day, and he has, you know, been one of my mentors throughout my entire career that I've maintained contact with, who was really the... Um, really the guy that takes credit for like, you know, what built me for success. You know, he showed me that, you know, it's not the popular leader that wins. It's not the popular leader that, that, you know, um, is, is stands on top of the mountain and claims the victory. Um, and then even moving on from there, um, to, you know, infantry training battalion had great, you know, great staff and there. And I really, I kind of fell in a rut right there. Um, so, you know, I was, I was, I ended up graduating boot camp as the honor graduate for my platoon. I was the guide. I was ultimately in charge of about, you know, 80 plus individuals. So if one person went, you know, one person messed up, that's me. I'm getting messed up too, right? So uh, staff aren't best. Now, guys aren't best. He, he made me the platoon guide at about week four in boot camp. And I stayed that billet for the remainder of it. And I graduated with honors uh, from the Marine Corps boot camp. Uh, one of six individuals who were recognized um, as far as the honor men for each platoon. Um, so that was a huge accomplishment. And I, I, I owe it all to him and the good Lord above for, for that and the support that I had back home because I wouldn't have been able to do it without any of them. Uh, so that's really what was the foundation of my leadership. And, you know, when I went to ITB, which is infantry training battalion, that's when I fell into that rut. Um, I fell into a rut and um, I really didn't care to be in a leadership position for some reason. I don't know why, what happened. Um, but then, you know, moving on after that, I saw where I, I sat with everybody else. I was like, I guess I'm considered mediocre now. I didn't like that. You know, I was like, I know I have what it takes to be a leader. I know I have what it takes to, you know, want to be a leader. I want to be that guy for individuals to look up to. Um, you know, I, from then on, I, I stepped my game back up, went to a, the next school I went to was basic security guard school. And. I took the, the guide position is what they call it over there. It's like a little class commander in a sense. Uh, I, I wanted to seek responsibility. I wanted to grow. Um, you know, I didn't want to be like everybody else. I wanted to excel because I, I lived my whole life not, you know, not, not excelling, not being that individual that people wanted to be around. And I wanted to be that guy, uh, not for myself, but I wanted to be it for other people. Um, and Moving on to my next unit, which was uh, Marine Corps Security Forces Battalion Bangor in Washington State uh, at the Naval Ship or the Naval uh, Submarine Base up there. Um, I went there and, you know, I was the new guy for a while. And, and I didn't really like being the new guy because when I thought of a, I thought of a leader in the Marine Corps, I thought of someone who is physically fit, um, technically and tactically proficient, and just an overall professional. Um, and, and that's not what I had as, you know, my small unit leader. And I was like, I'm going to take your job because you are not giving me and my peers what we deserve. And I'm going to give that to them and the people for, you know, to continue to go on. And I took a job um, and I was not liked for it. A lot of people did not like me because of the things that I was doing. Like I wasn't, you know, you know, being a brown nose, kissing anybody's butt or anything, but I was just doing my job. And I knew I could do it better than they were because they didn't care to do it as good as they could. And, you know, and, and talking back and forth to my mentors at the time, it was, you know, my brother, Jonathan, uh, Gunnery Sergeant Best. Um, I would stay in contact with them all the time. And every time I ran into a brick wall, I would reach out to him. I'd be like, hey, I need some advice. I need guidance. 
because um, I knew I, I thought I knew what was right, but at the same time, you never really know. And that's why you have those type of people in your life to help guide you, motivate you, inspire you, and educate you so you can turn into that individual that you want to be. Um, and I ended up, you know, uh, I was 18 months in the Marine Corps, and I got meritoriously promoted to corporal. Um, and I think the average time now to get promoted to corporal is about three plus years. And at the time I got promoted is about four years was the average time to get promoted to corporal. Um, and eight months later, I was meritoriously promoted to sergeant. Um, and I was at the time the youngest sergeant as that held an 03 billet, an, uh, an infantry billet. And, uh, you know, sometimes that was, I'm very thankful for that opportunity because I wouldn't be where I am today. But um, you know, that was hard. It was hard being a young E-5 sergeant in the Marine Corps when the majority of your peers have already been in for about six years and experienced some deployments. So I didn't have uh, any deployments under my belt. I, 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 I had experience in leadership, but it really wasn't anything spectacular as far as like afforded that opportunity. But, you know, my command said that, you know, what, why I won that board is because my, my humility regardless of everything that I've done and the accomplishments that I got, I never walked around with a chip on my shoulder. And the only reason I never did that is because my brother Jonathan looked at me the day I graduated boot camp and he said, leave your ego in your footlocker in that squad bay. And I took that with, I took that with me everywhere I went. Um, Cause the other day it never was about me. It was never about my accomplishments. It was always about the Marines that I wanted to lead. Um, so my, I remember my Sergeant Major, uh, Sergeant Major David McKinley, he's retired now. And he told me that that day I, I got, it was right before I got pinned. And he said, uh, you know why you got this, right? And I said, I don't Sergeant Major, I was just doing my job. And he says, cause of your humility. So you're humble. He's like, you don't walk you know, after your board, after all the courses that we've sent you to, and you've, you know, graduated top of the class and like that. He's like, you've never walked around and been like, I know this, I know that, or I'm this, that, and that. Hey, nobody really cares. No, it's about it's about your actions. Your actions will gain your respect, and people, you know, will want to be around you, be led by you, by your actions. Um, so I, I took that, and you know, and I was like, well, I, I appreciate it, and then you know, I just continued to do what I thought was best. Um, and then that after my time there, I got pushed to Second Battalion, Seventh Marines, um, down in Twenty Nine Palms, California, Fox Company. Um, and I fell into them kind of later on in their workup, getting ready to deploy. And that was back in 2017, May timeframe. Um, I fell into a squad leader position and, you know, the type of work we were doing from security forces to infantry is, is different. Although you are an infantryman, it's not really infantry work, if that makes any sense. Um, really it was, it was a, a a hard learning experience for me because I'm falling into a squad leader position being in charge of 12 Marines and they expect me to know everything and, you know, to take care of them. And I, I was, that's where I was hurting as far as getting promoted so early was I didn't gain, I didn't have that experience, but I was like, well, there's only one way to gain this experience is to start reading. I have to start reading because I have to become familiar with what other individuals did and, and how, you know, some things work and identify what other things didn't work. And, and that's one thing, if you don't have experience, you have to learn through reading. And that's what I did. I started reading and I started, you know, maintaining that humbleness. I started asking my peers for help. I was like, I need it. I need your help, man. I need your help. Um, you know, cause I don't know what I'm doing and I don't want my Marines to see that I'm weak in, in this area. And, you know, I, I was surrounded by great individuals, great leaders inside two second battalion, seven Marines. Um, you know, my platoon commander, our, uh, Lieutenant Sullivan was just an outstanding mentor of mine. Um, Gunnery Sergeant Alfredo Torres, who is a drill instructor now at MCRD San Diego. Um, great mentor of mine. And those guys really coached me to be the person, you know, that I, that I was in the, in the infantry. And, and really, I'll, I'll give uh, Staff Sergeant Schwartz and Staff Sergeant Raymond, who were two of my best friends that I ended up making, and Staff Sergeant Campbell. Uh, who, who this last deployment in Afghanistan really taught really showed me what an infantry squad leader is. They're like this, like that. Like if you, you had to take a picture or look at an urban dictionary, so I'm like, what is an infantry squad leader? And the United States Marine Corps, like these three faces should show up. 
because some of the three most outstanding individuals I've ever had the pleasure of serving with. Um, and, you know, I, I did, you know, good things. I was awarded, you know, some uh, Navy Marine Corps achievement medals for some of the things that I did. And, and I'll, I'll say this, it's nothing that I did as a squad leader. It's the things that my Marines did with, you know, my supervision. It's the performance of them is what made me look good. So it's really nothing that I did. It's what they did. I can't really take credit for anything. Um, but, you know, and, and I transitioned from 2-7 to uh, the school that I went to once we just got back from Afghanistan. Um, you know, COVID got us over, stuck us over there a little bit late. And I went to, you know, I'm, I'm right back now to where, I, where it all started was I'm a Marine, Marine Corps recruiter now. I just graduated that course uh, last week, and uh, I'll be heading down to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, to represent the Marine Corps, uh, hopefully in the best way possible, and 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 try and educate, motivate, and inspire individuals to adapt this lifestyle and show them how the Marine Corps can turn them into, you know, a successful individual, and you know, give them those tools and, and that education to show them because a lot of people don't really know what the Marine Corps is. People think Marine Corps, they think infantry. They think, you know, going to war and, and that's it. But, you know, there's a lot more to it. And uh, hopefully I can do a good job with that and, you know, excel in, in the ways that, you know, I did in the past in this area. It's, it's a hard line of work, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but I've been in the Marine Corps now for about six years and uh, hopefully looking at pr promotion here pretty soon to staff sergeant and, uh, that's 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 pretty much it. We're we're on to this chapter of this book. Uh, wow, <clears throat> wow, that's pretty much it. Goodness gracious, I'm three pages in on notes, Justice. Goodness gracious. Well, I, I guess the thing that clearly speaks from your story is the value of mentorship. And I would say, reflecting back on my life, it, it, I think at your pivotal time after high school, you were looking. You, you were looking for something, seeking something, and you didn't know how to get there, but you found it in other people. You, you, you didn't find the answer in other people. You found a guide, kind of like a, a Jedi master to, to help yeah. the, the, the young Padawan learner grow into their potential. And I would say I had a, a similar, similar experiences that are absolutely transformative. Would you say your brother or maybe even your dad were your first mentors that helped you see something in you that you normally wouldn't have seen? Absolutely. Um, I find myself very blessed. You know, I mean, a lot of my older brothers are, you know, mentors, but I think, I think my brother for like, as far as me being the youngest, I think my brother Jonathan was just always that, that person I looked at because he was the oldest. I was the youngest. It kind of just kind of works out that way. And, you know, when I was younger, my older brother was doing all these great things. He was a police officer when I was younger. You know, he's in the military. He's still in the military. Um, but yeah, my brother Jonathan, um, you know, we just had that kind of same lifestyle. And, and watching him grow up, you know, I definitely learned some things not to do. By some <laughs> <of his days. laughs> but uh, no, he's a good guy, great guy. Um, you know, he's just a very successful individual. And then, you know, my dad, he raised, you know, six kids and, you know, provided for all of us and you know he just you know he was we, we were never rich we were never you know very 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 fortunate but you know we made it work and you know he raised us to be god-fearing you know individuals and you know he loves my mom and he's just an example of what you know someone like a dad should be and a you know a husband and you know a, a man of christ so i think without them you know i wouldn't be anywhere near what i am today so that's that's incredible that's that, that's so incredible and, and and you know always worries not the word i guess i'm always curious those young men who do not have those solid examples of 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 being a godly man and 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 being a a, a masculine man and it be okay people who don't have those examples aren't sure what to ask for in a mentor and therefore they never do. And I just feel like that is an area of suffering that, that, that young men go through that leads to further problems down the road. Is that, how, how would you comment on that? I agree a hundred percent. And you, well, you know, in the military, especially in the Marine Corps, 
a lot of people who have those broken lives um, growing up find themselves in some type of military service because they don't have that example. They don't have that structure to help guide them in the right direction to help, you know, magnify their, you know, success um, and, and to pull that stuff out of them and teach them those lessons. And, um, and they, and unfortunately they learn lessons the harder way through life. And I, you know, and I've met some of the best people who are just unfortunate to come from, you know, broken lives and, and broken families, but they, they come to the Marine Corps and they, they make something of themselves. And I think that is a great way because once you, in the Marine Corps, like, like we're all family and it's military in general, you know, it's, it's a family. It's, it's not, it's, it's, it's a, it's a bond that's unexplainable and people who void that structure and that, that foundation of family um, an example in their lives, I think they find themselves in the military office, not because they really want to be in the military. I think it's just because they really want some structure in their life. I think they're really, they don't want to end up like that, that guy on the sidewalk or that guy going in and out of jail. Um, and, you know, and that's, that's why I'm, that's my biggest reason why I came to be a recruiter is because I want to help those people. I want to take care of those people and I want to show them how, Hey man, like you might be in this rut right now, but you know, I can help you get out of it. And it's not because I want to contract. It's not because I want to sell this gig. It's because, you know, I want to help people. That's always been my desire um, in this job is to, to make a difference and help. And if I can help one person on this duty, if it's just one person, I'll, you know, I would consider myself doing what I, what I got came here to do. But, you know, hopefully I help, you know, many people, um, and I can show them, you know, by example, you know, what the Marine Corps has done for me, what it can do for you and how you can, you can feel that void. And I can give you a family. I can give you everything that you are unfortunate not to have. Um, so I, I definitely agree with you. You know, it's, it's a very sad thing and it's a very, a tough thing to deal with. I can't imagine you know, not having my, my, my parents and my brothers and my family and stuff like that. So, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, well, I, I see how leader leadership can grow out of either of those two stories. Either either you have the good mentorship, support, and structure that creates creates the leader from from the childhood experience that was, you know, what relatively good, and also see the other divergent path where you didn't have any of it, but you went on a journey and you found it, and it you found your family elsewhere and your structure elsewhere and the outcomes are the, can be the same. Absolutely. So one question I've, I've always had for the courageous men and women who go into the military is that transformation from normal life, civilian life into a structure that trains you to be a warrior. I've always heard it alluded to that you were broken down in order to be built back up. So I want to set that context for the question that I, I want to ask you, Justice, is there are a lot of people in this world trying to go through a transformation right now, either in body, mind, or spirit. I'll, I'll pick on mind here for just a minute, since there, the world seems to be in absolute chaos, but there's still a lot of goodness, greatness, growth, and opportunity out there. I just think it's being overshadowed. So when people are trying trying to break through all of that drama and noise into a new way of thinking and being, they're struggling. How do you break somebody down in order for them to grow up? Is The military's proven a way of doing that for the most part. Is it applicable to the civilian world and how do you help people or coach them through a development process or a transformation process? when they're not military. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I definitely understand. And, um, and it's a hard question. And that's something I catch myself thinking about very often. And, um, you know, how they break us down is like, you know, it's like, you know, different. You always can't do it. Like it's, it's a part of the process and it's nothing like degrading or humiliating or anything like that. It's just, you go through so much strenuous stuff that everything that, and that, you know, Everything that was, you know, so small 
you know, before the Marine Corps, the military seems so precious now. So they, it's, it's, you know, taking things for granted is, is what it does. And, and, you know, I, I catch myself thinking like, if it was just so simple, like why can't everybody just be like this? And that's just not how it is. And, and, you know, I was, uh, I can't take credit for this. I was watching a, I was in quarantine for recruiter school and I was watching this sermon at, um, North Monroe Baptist church on their virtual page. And, uh, and they were talking about having a teachable spirit, mm. like how aggravating it can get. Like, why can't you see the way I see? And, you know, I, I just, the message was so clear and what it came down to have a teachable spirit and, you know, don't be like, Oh, it's my way or the highway. Um, but as far as like, you know, breaking people down to like transform and stuff, I don't, I think I just, my, my answer would be just have a teachable spirit, you know, have a, have, have the, um, you know, the patience to listen to people, to understand rather than be so judgmental. Um, and how do we, you know, ingest that into other individuals is I think Bob stuff that you're doing right now. I think, I think that's, I don't think there will ever be an answer of how do we cure that or like how do we let how do we show people to like you know how can we break people down without necessarily breaking down like in the civilian sector rather than the military i don't think we'll ever have that answer but i do think that like if there are enough people who want to educate and inspire you know individuals that are you know willing to learn and we give them a product that is worth listening to that is worth you know um taking time out of your day to educate yourself with. Um, and, you know, and I think a lot of us by, by example as well, you know, you can't just talk the talk. You got to walk, you got to walk the walk too. And I think that is as good as an answer as I could really come up with is how we can, how we can sh- like give that to people is, is like be that mentor for someone. It doesn't have to be in the military. It doesn't have to be, you know, another military term. It could be anybody. You know, be that person who, whether you need to listen to them, because if you pay, if you show attention to someone else, they're going to be more inclined to listen to you when you want to talk. You know, if you, if you're just like, oh, it's my way or my way, this is this, what you need to do, this, what you need to do. Well, tell me what, why, what's bothering you. And you get to understand an individual and you get to understand their needs and their motivators, then you can properly help them. And if you can't give them the answers, that's why you seek mentorship as well. So you can have that mentorship to show. And I think if everybody would do something like that, you know, find a mentor, find someone you want to be like, um, and, and, and then, you know, educate yourself about them. What do they do? What's their daily routine? And I think it's a lot of personal desire of wanting to be great, wanting to be successful. Um, so, and, you know, unfortunately, like, I, I, I wish more than nothing that, you know, people would just want the best out of themselves and the best for everybody else, but that's just not really how how it works but if people seek it my advice to them is to just reach out because there are so many people on instagram facebook youtube who can give you the answers it just takes a little bit of if you know if you're not willing like you know pay somebody to help you you know whether it be mind spirit body um regardless but um and i I just you can find the tools they're at your disposal i just you know as, as far as transforming um your mind um to not be um what's the proper word i can use i guess selfish in a sense you know uh, it's just treat others how you would want to be treated i guess i mean i, I don't really know i think it's just, it's a hard question to answer, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, I don't think the self-help section of the library or the bookstore would be so large. I mean, I remember back when, when I was a young man, it might have been a few books on one end of the bookcase. Now you walk in, it's like book after book after book. I think that speaks to a societal craving and desire and an, a lack of knowledge on how to close the gap between where they are and where they, they, they want to be. And unfortunately, I think a lot of young men these days fall all the way to the bottom where they only have two choices. One yeah. is to quit and end it all. And one is to look up toward the light and fight. And 
you know, it saddens me when, when people make one of those decisions that I think is, is, is sad and, and lonely and scary. And too many people are doing that justice. And, and I just feel like we, we can certainly add more mentors in this world who are already consciously aware of the value of leadership and transformation and strength and courage to shine the light on, on some of these who can't see it for them themselves. So you, you mentioned two words to me that's, that spoke deeply. One was simply a faith that you had to step forward anyway, not knowing what the answers were. This was, I think, back in the, the Neville High School days when you were making, making that initial transition. You, you stepped forward anyway, and you made the connections necessary to create your own success. And I just laud that. I, I certainly believe that our good creator said we are created in his image. And I, I see that as we are creators here on earth and you made the connections and acquired the knowledge to take the action to do just that, create the outcome you desired. And I, I think that is a powerful component of, of transformation. And the, the other thing you did, oh, where did I write it? My notes are getting really full. Um, oh, knowledge is the precursor to action. Uh, I think any success, we spend a lot of time acquiring the knowledge, but never put it through a structure, a system. And I appreciate what the military does. And I think that's part of the breakdown is a, is a disruption of the structure that you're used to that keeps you in your comfort zone. And when you, on the other side of, of comfort is growth. And I think the military does that, that really well. I think there's, there are lessons to be learned there. It is, it is your comfort, your lack of knowledge and your unwillingness to take action that keeps you stuck in the past, which is opposite of where opportunity is. So you, you said two powerful things. I'm just curious how those resonate with you hearing me reflect that back to you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as far as seeking your knowledge, people have a problem with asking people for some reason. And I don't know if it's a, a sense of like, you know, not wanting confrontation or, you know, not wanting to be told like, oh, that's a stupid question or anything like that. Like one thing I was always told was, is like, there's never a stupid question. If you're unsure, you're unsure. And the only way to get sure about it is if you educate yourself about it. And I'm a very, you people would probably call me nosy. I always want to know what's going on for some reason. I always want to know opportunity as well. Um, but I think people just have a fear almost of asking for help or because they don't want to be perceived as weak. Um, people don't want to be, you know, perceived as like, oh, he doesn't know. He, why doesn't he know that? he should know that, you know, like, and like me coming, like, and that was really, that was, I was struggled with that. I struggled with not knowing and seeing everybody else knowing me not. And I was like, wow, I'm the elephant in the room here on this message. So like, wow, I'm not, am I stupid? Like, it, well, it was, is I was not educated and there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone's, there's always going to be someone smarter in the room. And if, you know, you're the smartest person in the room, you probably need to start surrounding yourself with other people but keep those people you were in that room with attached to you so they can learn from you. But it should be a constant um, term of growth. And something that, the, that uh, one of my mentors told me um, in the Marine Corps was establish the eternal student mindset. If you establish the eternal student mindset, you know, you're going to continue to always grow. And how you do that doesn't, it doesn't matter. Whether that's reading, watching a movie, watching a video, um, you know, talking to someone, someone's personal experience in a situation. Um, but, you know, I think, I think that's a problem that people have is, is reaching out to people and, and trying to gain that knowledge. And if, you know, then there's another problem that people have and that's gaining the knowledge, but not practicing the knowledge. So like you can stare at a PowerPoint presentation all day long. And you can, people, someone can sit up in front of you and tell you everything on that PowerPoint all day, every day. But until you practically apply the knowledge and the education that you are receiving, 
those skills are just going to vanish way faster than they were if you didn't exercise them regularly. Um, so I think, you know, that's, that's a huge problem is people not applying themselves to their maximum potential of what they can possibly do. And, and it's not comfortable. And if you're comfortable in life, you're not where you need to be because all success happens out of the comfort zone. And I know that firsthand. I haven't been comfortable one time in the last six years in Marine Corps. And the times that where I was starting to get comfortable, I, I seeked out. I said, hey, I'm starting to get comfortable right here. Like, give me some guidance to help me maneuver, um, you know, around this block that's, or this rut that I'm starting to crawl into that's going to keep me nice and warm and stagnant. Um, so I think, you know, being, being able to be uncomfortable is, is probably one thing that I, I would really say about that is, is that's a problem because people love being comfortable. We're creatures of comfort. You know, who doesn't like being comfortable? Think about laying in bed. Like, well, I'm really, really comfortable. And alarm clock goes off at 6 a.m. in the morning. Hey, I'm so comfortable. But if I lay in bed all day, what, am I, what good am I going to do? Um, and then this, the second thing you said is, uh, what was the second topic again? Can you repeat it? Um, let's see, there was the commentary on faith, stepping forward without knowing the answer. That, that, that just stepping forward without answer, courage. Put that, yeah, courage, right? So uh, the courage to do that, and, you know, that's, that's mental, moral, physical courage, like all those kind of tie into one another. Um, and having the courage to go forward uh, and face adversity is huge. And it's something that I don't think anybody just has. I don't think you're, you're just born with ample amount of courage to just perform. I think exercising courage is what makes you good at it, just like anything else in life. And, and that kind of brings me back to what I was talking about, the popular leader. A lot of people, a lot of small unit leaders in the Marine Corps make the popular decisions so people like them. I respect them, like them. But having the courage to do the right thing, even when everyone else is probably going to be like, maybe not understand it then and there, but having the courage to do that, you will be remembered. You will be remembered. And that can go back to high school. You know, stopping somebody from being bullied. It takes courage to do that because guess what? They're going to talk about the person who was doing the bullying, the person who was being bullied, and the person who stopped the bullying. And there's multiple different crowds who are going to be like, oh, you are so lame for that. Or, oh, you're so courageous for that. And there's, you can't win everyone's heart. But the people that, that are doing the right thing will notice you. And they'll start to follow you. So that's where it all starts. It's a domino effect. If you have the courage to seek for help, if you have the courage to seek for knowledge, education, the courage to you know, ask people to help you in that, people are going to recognize it. And people are going to want to follow because they see you stepping out of that rut, that, that comfort phase in your life. And they're going to see you build, you know, walking up the staircase to success. Um, and, and they're going to want to follow because they're like, you know what I was I'm doing? I was doing the same thing he was. And I see him doing that, you know, and I'm going to start doing that too. It's, it's a, it's a leader follower type of thing. You know, you don't have to be in the military to be a leader. You don't have to be, you can be a leader in high school. You can be a leader in church. You can be a leader, you know, um, in, in, in clubs, like, you know, whatever, whatever extracurricular things that you do in your normal living, you know, your neighborhood, like, and then people, and if you do that at an earlier age and you start building those bridges um, and, and walking over those ruts rather than fall in them, they're going to succeed. They're going to become successful. And you're not, I'm not saying you're not going to hit any barriers or hit any walls, but if you don't exercise courage, it's going to be a hard life for you the older you get because the opportunities are just going to keep facing you the older you get and, and the more experience that you gain in life. And, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a huge part of transformation is having the courage to face the transformation, to face the barriers, to face, you know, the adversity, the naysayers, and push through and, that, and that, that's that's a huge fundamental and trait of success is courage which is 
you know, I think why the Marine Corps has three core values, honor, courage, and commitment. Those three things is what we shape ourselves around. And, you know, I wish we could say that everyone shapes themselves around it. There's a bad pickle in the jar every now and then. And, um, you know, I'm not going to you know, sit here and act all holy and righteous either. But, you know, if, if people really looked at those words and understood what they meant and then effectively applied them in their everyday life, you would see a transformation. You really would. I wonder if we make it too complicated then, Justice, because what, why have a whole book about transformation when if you, if you stick with three core values, or I'm even remembering Don Miguel Ruiz's four agreements, that if, if you just um, are impeccable with your word, um, always do your best, don't make assumptions and don't take anything personally, how much easier would your life be? And I don't mean easy from a, a work perspective. I mean, easy from not having so much drama in your life. It, if, if you just, if we stop making assumptions, I think we make transformation too hard. I think, I think there, there are people who can help us, but our ego gets in the way. So let's work on our ego. Let's not work on a six or 12 week transformation physical process. Let me work on my ego so I can ask for help from someone like you who has the answers that I don't have and is also willing to guide me. Why am I making it so hard? I see that in mindset. I see it in if you're trying to lose weight, transform your body, or whether you're trying to enhance your spirituality, going at it alone with the same level of thinking that got you into the situation is not going to be the answer for you to get out of it. You can't use the same level of thinking. You must have a Jedi, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you kept naming off Jedi after Jedi after Jedi within the Marine Corps that had a substantial influence on the trajectory of your story. So yeah, they, they take all the credit for it, you know, like, and, and some of my junior Marines have been some of my mentors sometimes, you know, some of my subordinates, like my last assistant patrol leader, Sergeant Floyd. Now he's a corporal, my last one. I've gone to him for help. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a humble thing. And, and without surrounding, you are who you surround yourself by. I'll say that. If you surround yourself with dumb people, you're going to be, if you surround yourself with five dumb people, I'm pretty sure Denzel Washington said this, something, something along the lines like, you surround yourself with five dumb people, you're going to be number six. You surround yourself with, with five, you know, people who go to jail, you're going to be the, the sixth one. You surround yourself with five doctors, you might end up being the sixth one. If you find, surround yourself with five successful people, you're probably going to be the sixth one. No, you are who you surround yourself by. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's having those people in your life. Um, like, I'll tell you this, I, I forgot one of, to mention one of my most important mentors who exemplifies, you can look at a guy, exemplifies, good friend of yours, Johnny Joplin. That man's awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know I can reach out to him if I need to. And he'll be there. And, and that's, that's the type of people you, want, you should want to be around. And you see their transformation, and you're like, wow, I want to be like that. And, you, and it's, I'm telling you, it's, 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 it's dang near impossible. You, you, you tell yourself that. Yeah, yeah. John, Johnny is another superhero that walks among us, my friend. He is, um, he's incredible. If, uh, it's been a couple of weeks, actually it's been longer than a couple of weeks that, that we've gone to share coffee together, and I miss that because – after a coffee meeting with Johnny, you're a transformed person. <laughs> he has that, that significant an impact on me just from 45 minutes, an hour of conversation where he just, he just pours in some perspectives that make you go, wow, okay, all right. Well, I don't know if I was, I was thinking the right thoughts and Johnny just flipped that narrative on me. I'm not going to do the same for him because he's told me. You know, and like I'm learning from you, and I hope you're learning some things from me. And like that's, and that's what people need to do. They need to communicate. They need to educate. Um, and and you know, some people think that they're just like I'm the bottom of the barrel. I can't I can't transform. I have nothing to bring to the table. That's not true. Everybody is is you know very proficient in their own way in something, and you can always bring something to the table. 
but you should never not want to learn. You should never not want to have the courage to, to face the adversity, to, to make the uncomfortable decisions rather than the comfortable decisions, um, to want to transform, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's all about surrounding yourself with people who are better than you. Fair enough. Well, let's talk uh, for a minute about the opposite of courage, the, uh, which we see a narrative playing out in our country right now, a narrative of fear and scarcity. I can't think of, of a classification of human being better able to fight fear than a U.S. Marine. I mean, I've known several, I'm friends with several, and they personify a warrior against fear. But I'm just, I'm just curious, how did you develop your, your fight against fear? I know you recognize it coming into your head. You can sense it. You can see it a mile away. But you've also developed a, a way to deal with it that makes it, serve you rather than victimizes you. And I'm just really curious how you've done that. Well, I wish I could say my strategy would work for everybody's, but you know, it just doesn't work that way. But um, I'd be lying if I told you I, I never got scared, you know, especially this last deployment, there were a few moments I was, I was, I was scared, really not for myself, but for my Marines. You know, I was scared, but then again, that kind of trumps the fear because I know they got my back and I know they are professionals and I know that we're going to, we're going to win. We're going to be better and we're, 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 we're not going to let them win because, you know, that's, that's just how it goes. But as far as overcoming fear, just in general throughout my, you know, my transformation is, you know, high school graduate from Neville High School in 2014 to you know, Sergeant Branson, the United States Marine Corps recruiter. Um, I would, I would say how the best word to summarize this for me would, would, would just be, I don't want to say courage because that's not what we're talking about. Um, but I would say probably if I could say right, breathing, hmm. I breathe and that makes me think and that makes me, you know, a lot of people get fear generated from anxiety. And if you face fear, you're going to generate anxiety more than likely. And that's going to make you freak out. That's what usually what happens. And, and, um, you know, I, I think about like, all right, like what am I capable of? Or, you know, who am I around? Um, and, and, and really the word I guess I use is poise is composure. Um, is, is really a good word I think I could use is, is being able to maintain your composure um, in, in, in face of fear and training uh, as well. So training would, would be a huge factor of that because if, if you become proficient in something, whether, regardless of what it is, uh, you, you will be less likely to be feared by it once you face it. Um, so that's why in the Marine Corps, like we train, we I stop. We run ranges. We, you know, do scenarios. We brief orders. Like we train, like we fight. So in the face of adversity, in the face of fear, we do not collapse. Rather, we build upon what we trained on and excel. Um, so as far as facing fear, I, I think it's 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 come down to like you know I think everybody will always have fear. Somebody looks you in the face and says, I'm not scared of anything. Like, well, you are a liar. Yeah. You are a liar. And if you truly are not scared of something, I hope you get the help that you need because you should be scared at some point in your life. And if, you know, if the worst scenario or situation were to ever arise. Um, but to deal with fear, uh, I think that as far as I can say, it's just like, you know, composure. Is, is, is working on developing, you know, poise on how to compose yourself and not get so, um, you know, anxious or just, you know, scared and, you know, just compose yourself and develop a plan to deal with the fear. And I think it's through repetition of doing that um, is what's made me overcome it. 
and, and when I do face it. And, I, and there's been times where I've been scared for a while. And like people will make emotionally based decisions when they're scared and stuff like that. And, and you learn from those hard mistakes. You learn from those, um, those hard times of how to deal with it better. Um, and, you know, you could even go down as far as physical fitness. You know, if, if, if you're physically fit and you have a better, you know, respiratory system or, or something that you can, if you breathe and like Dave Grossman said this in one of his books, if you just breathe, he's like, you will calm yourself down. And, and then there's different strategies that work for everybody. People have anxiety problems and people face different fears and different things in their lives. And, you know, that, that, can, that can turn into medical stuff. But as far as like a general mindset, I think being able to work on your composure um, and how you react is, is really what's helped me um, in my, my transformation as far as dealing with fear. That is such great insight. I've never heard it put in the context of composure and, and breath. Um, I th one of my favorite authors is Ryan Holiday. He talks about the ego is the enemy, the obstacle is the way. And his, his new book, Stillness is Key, he, he speaks to breath. And I'm thinking of the Wim Hof method, you know, the Iceman and how, how yeah. he breathes. My friend Will Grant, who's a BMX athlete, speaks constantly about breath and how that has helped him repair a shattered knee and return to sport has all been with connecting. Breath is the connection to the soul is what, what he believes. And I think if you have that line of connection between thoughts and the body's reaction, if you can align those, that is a state of being that is a courageous warrior. And, and, and that is your opportunity to be a powerful change agent on this planet not only for your own transformation, but also in mentoring others is being in that state of being. Um, just as uh, this past week, I was in Chicago at a virtual Tony Robbins business mastery event. And I've never really been a fan of Tony Robbins. I shouldn't say that. I knew who Tony Robbins was, respected the man for what he is able to do, but I did not understand or appreciate the energy that he puts out into his audience and how he expects the audience to, to change their state of being through action. You can't sit in a room with Tony Robbins for eight hours and get his message if you don't move. And I, I think the, the way to combat fear is not to get stuck up here, but it's to make your move like Tony Robbins would say, and get up and move and create the outcome that, that you want, right? Absolutely, I agree 100%. Absolutely, and like, it really, like, in the face of fear, if you can, in order to make the appropriate move, you need to compose yourself and, and, and breathe because if you don't do those two things, you're not going to properly think and you cannot make an effective decision that's going to, you know, in, in my line of work, I can't make an effective decision if I can't control myself to keep my 12 Marines safe, which is my job as a squad leader is to make sure my Marines get home on that plane. That's it. And, and, and I'm here to take care of them, to troop welfare, everything like that, train them, uh, make them the best they can be, educate, motivate, inspire them. And if I cannot compose myself and do that through breathing, then I won't be able, I'll go into you know, my stress levels, right? So like green, yellow, orange, red, black, I'll be in what you call conditioned black. And I cannot effectively lead or make decisions or transform or do anything that you want to do in life drive a car, you know, take care of your family. If you're, if you cannot compose yourself and, and, and how you do that is you breathe and you, and you let that technique take the wheel and, and, and allow you to make those decisions. So um, that, that's how I would probably sum that up in order to make that move like you're talking about is, is you've got to compose yourself and you've got to breathe and you, in order to make that decision, to move to the right step, to, to get that message and to deal with that fear, to have that courage. Incredible. Wow. Wow. Well, look, Justice, I, I want to be respectful of your time. There's so much more to talk about here. And I'm, I'm, I know my, the listeners to this show are getting tired of me saying this, but I'm going to have to have you back to finish this conversation because it's, it's been really insightful to get a warrior perspective on, on 
what I think are the principles of transformation that can lead to success if you if if you're aware of them. And thank you so much for spending uh, an hour with us, elevating our awareness of our potential through the application of some of these principles. I've I've really been inspired by your story. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna leave off with a quote, and you can't quote me on the quote, but should have wrote it down, but I think it's uh, Roy Goforth said this, and he said there's two types of people who would tell you that you cannot make a difference in this world. It's the people that are afraid to see you succeed and the people that are, that don't want to do it themselves. And, you know, I think if people would take that quote and, and you know, not let the negative things in life impact them and, and let them dictate their, their, their success and their standpoint in life, you know, everyone, everyone has the potential to be successful. Everyone writes their own book through life. Every chapter, it says it's something different. So does every single page. And every page matters. And, and my, my question to pretty much every individual I face is, how do you want to be remembered? So, um, Dr. Adam, thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, I would love to come back. I didn't even know we were on. I thought we were here for like 15 minutes. It went by like lightning bolts. So um, thank you so much. I would love to come back again and, and talk. Um, I learned a lot from you. Um, I hope I, my message, you know, can reach somebody and, and, you know, pull someone out of that rut, get them to want to succeed and want to be successful and, you know, just put some positive in someone's life, especially in the, the uncertain times that we're in right now. So thank you so much. That's amazing. So look, you, you've left me with another intriguing question. How do you want to be remembered? You know, I want to be remembered by somebody um, who is selfless, somebody who um, put others before himself and someone who, who made a difference to somebody and somebody who, you know, I guess people want to be around. You know, all, all I want to do is, is be an example for somebody. I want to be you know, I, I can't tell someone to go to go work out and work on their physical fitness. If I'm not physically fit. I can't tell someone to to change their life if I don't change mine. I can't tell someone to go do something that I, I cannot do or have not done myself. Um, and you know, I just I want to be there for people. I want to be I want to be that person who people can come to. And 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 what that'll what that'll turn into is me surrounding myself with people who I can go to uh, to help me grow. Um, so I, I just want to help people in life and, you know, what that looks like down the road in the future. I'm not really sure, but you know, I just, I can't plan the future. I got to live in the present time and make the most of every single day and, and take advantage of every opportunity that I'm given. Um, so hopefully, hopefully I can achieve that, that goal. Yeah. I, I, I see uh, once again, greatness walks among us and ladies and gentlemen, if if you were <laughs> if you want to know what a mentor is says and does, I, I I hope you were paying attention on this episode. Justice, you you certainly personify those principles that I am I am seeking, and I'm so proud to have made this connection so that I can spread your message of hope, of of courage, of faith, of of inspiration, education, uh, motivation. Um, you, it's a it's a great thing and i'm so glad we're doing this on the eve of thor's day you're going to get a happy thor's day message from me tomorrow just to remind you of your influence that is real in this world and we we need your help in replicating more of these qualities in other young men so that that we can change our our cities our towns our country our communities our families so thank you thank you for your influence yes sir thank you so much yeah, and thank you for your service. If people wanted to to follow you in your your continual transformation journey, how can they do that? Yep. So you can find me on uh, Instagram at Sergeant underscore Branson underscore USMC. So just S G T underscore uh, B R A N S O N underscore USMC. That's my Marine Corps page. So my official work page and stuff. And you know, I try and do as much as I can to 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 you know, motivate, you know, educate, inspire individuals to be better. And, you know, and, and I hope I, you know, please follow me, please, uh, you know, help the page grow. Um, and, you know, because I can't help anybody if, if I don't have that, you know, perception um, and that, that 
that you know follower uh, mentality of you know people want to be a part of something greater than themselves. So um, you can follow me on Instagram. You know, I do have a Facebook, but Instagram is probably my my most um, proactive um, social media platform. So, um, or you can just search, you know, Justice Branson. One of the, one of my personal accounts, professional accounts, will pop up. So. Fabulous. Well, I'll be sure to include that in the show notes, Justice. So again, thanks for being on the show. And look, ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this episode, the only way that we can continue to spread this kind of message is for you to give us a five-star rating and, and tell us what you liked about the show. So whatever platform on which you're listening to this show, please leave us a positive review and let Justice know what impact his message had on you today. We would greatly appreciate it. So until next time, everyone, be safe, be well, be you. That's what really matters. Peace out, everybody. Thank you.